Uh, things have heated up definitely in the studio because I'm joined by one of my favorite people in the building and on the planet, Alan Cross from the Ongoing History of New Music and a Journal of Musical Things. And Alan, the reason why we wanted to have you in is because everyone who has been down Spadina is familiar with the Elma Combo, that um, palm tree neon sign. And I have to say, as, as far as neon sign goes, signs go in the city, in nostalgia, yesterday, my heart just leaped out of my chest almost. I was walking down Dundas, heading towards... Oh, and you looked up. I saw Sam the Record Man's yeah, spinning discs. They're beautiful. It was actually a perfect place to put them. Yeah, I mean, they uh, that's Ryerson... Um made a commitment to save the sign when they tore down San the Record Man and put up that new student center. Mm-hmm. So they had to put it somewhere, and they put it up on top of that building Perfect. in Victoria. So Perfect. Cool. Love yeah. it. Love it. So tell us about the Amacomba, because you actually had the opportunity to get in and take a look at the renovation. Yeah. I was in there last month. Uh, earlier this week, there was a media walkthrough yesterday. Um, I didn't go to that because... I'd already been inside, but I wasn't allowed to say anything. Okay. Uh, the Elma Combo has been under renovation for, what, four or five years. Uh, Michael Weckerly from Dragon's Den Bay Street, he's the guy that put $22 million into the place. Wow. And let me try and give you some highlights of what this is all about. At one point, the Elma Combo was, you know, Canada, one of Canada's premier rock dives. It is no longer that. Get any preconceptions you have or memories you have of the Elma Combo out of your mind, because it is not that anymore. Let me explain what we've got going on. There are two floors, as before. Uh, On the main floor, something I think it's called the Stardust Ballroom, which harkens back to the 1940s when it was actually a dance studio. It will hold about 300 people. There's a solid concrete stage at one end, big long bar, state-of-the-art everything when it comes to things like uh, audio and cameras and screens. Then you go upstairs and you have what was the traditional Elma Combo. However, they went up about 20 feet. Yeah, because it was a, a low ceiling. It room. was a low, so they've gone way up. So there is now a third floor balcony. Oh. So on the second floor, you can hold about 400 people. There is a giant solid concrete stage. The old Elma Combo sign, which hung out over Spadina for all those years, uh, could not be salvaged. So what they did was they took the old sign, cut it in half painted it up, and it is now flanking the stage. They butterflied it, and it, one half is on one side, one half is on the other. What do you mean painted it up? Because it's not going to light up anymore. Oh, it's going to light up now because it's filled with fiber optics. Oh. The uh, sign you see out on the um, on the sidewalk now is a brand new sign that was fabricated by a company in Cambridge. Uh, they just couldn't save the old one because it was full of squirrels and pigeons and everything else. It was from 1940s. I'm going to spring something on you, but I know you know a lot. I hope I'm not going to catch you off guard. Do we, why was it called the Elma Combo? Do we know the history of that name? It goes, no, I don't know. It goes, uh, I mean, this is, this place has been around since the forever, I think 75 years or something. Okay. It was, you know, it was, it was a dance club. It was a nightclub. Okay. Uh, And, and I mean, in Winnipeg, for example, where I grew up, we had the El Morocco. Okay. So that was the thing, to call it something fairly exotic. Right. And the, the, the palm tree then makes sense. It's right. exotic. Okay. On the third floor, where there is this balcony that you can look down on the stage. And the sight lines, by the way, are awesome. There is a 96-channel uh, recording studio, complete with a vocal booth. Wow. And next to that is a TV studio, which controls all the cameras, which are capable of up to, and this is not a typo, 20K resolution. So it is a state-of-the-art performance space, event space, rehearsal space, 
uh, and production space. Because if you, for example, want to shoot a TV show, you could do it there. Mm. If you wanted to shoot a music video, you could do it there. If you are the head of a bank and you want to have a big multimedia presentation, you could do it there. Everything is controlled by a uh, on an iPad <laughs> that you can wander through the building and control the lights, control the screens, control the audio, all that sort of stuff. Uh, there are, I think, 38 washroom stalls throughout the place. The decor is absolutely stunning in its detail. People are going to be gazing, and I'm not kidding about this. Mm. People are going to go to the bathroom just to gaze at the wallpaper. What is it? You'll see when you go. Is it like an Hermes? No, 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 no. It is a it is a history of Toronto music. It oh, is, really? Yes. And there is wallpaper on so the... So custom. Everything's custom. Really? Totally custom. Okay. I mean, when you come in the front door, there's a ticket place, and a, 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 like a ticket booth, and uh, the wallpaper behind the ticket booth are ticket stubs from Elmo Combo shows going back decades. Very cool. And if you go on the second floor, there's wallpaper with gig posters going back decades. So $22 million is quite an investment. Is it risky because live music venues in the city of Toronto haven't been doing so well? Again, put that out of your... It it will be used as a live music venue. Yeah. It will be used for many other things. Like, it can be a full-on TV production studio if required. So uh, you can see people renting the place out from around the world. I mean, it is so state-of-the-art that uh, it's probably, well, it's certainly one of the better production facilities in Toronto. Hmm. It's certainly one of the better production f- facilities in Canada. And it's certainly one of the better production facilities in all of North America. I should point out that the studio, the audio portion of it, was constructed by a guy named Eddie Kramer. Eddie Kramer is a very famous record producer. He was uh, the producer for uh, all of Jimi Hendrix's big records. Mm. And he was basically given a blank check. And, you know, make it the best it can be and future-proof everything as you pos- uh, as much as you possibly can. I, when I walked through there, it was my, my jaw was on the floor. It's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Seriously. No. Now I know I'm not the only one dying to get in here. Uh, when are they going to be open to the public, and what's the first show? Because mm, that's a biggie. Yeah, still to be determined. I know of some things that are under consideration and are being discussed, uh, but it would be premature to talk about them right now. Uh, I think we can probably talk about something being uh, available next month. Hmm. Uh, that's the hope, anyway. Uh, the big holdup for the longest time was city permits, and they finally got all those things. You should see, for example, you know, one of the things that the Combo really had problems with back in the old days was electricity. <laughs> they were always blowing things out. You should see what Toronto Hydro put in the basement oh, yeah, to, handle, to handle the circuitry. It's, <laughs> it's uh, uh, you know, uh, you need a, a, your own Hoover Dam to power the place. Wow. There is, uh, I can't remember what the bandwidth that's, that's the, the, the bandwidth that goes out for streaming audio and video. I think they can... I think they can stream 192 simultaneous wow. streams. It's, it's just insane. Now we all want to get into the Elma combo. So that's uh, that's one uh, check mark. So uh, it, it, it's going to be a music venue. Don't, you know, there's yeah. going to be bands every night, whatever, yeah. you know, on, on whatever. But also there will be these other opportunities that will turn it into a production hub. I want to talk about COVID-19 because we've just had two more confirmed cases and how you think that that is going to affect Toronto's music scene. Because you said, you know, maybe next month things might start to hum along at the Elma Combo. Well, if we're uh, 
following along with the stories, there are a few of those uh, big concerts that have been canceled. There's a lot going on. Uh, you know, Green Day canceled their North America, their uh, Asian tour. Uh, Slipknot canceled a, a whole bunch of shows in Asia. Whatever will I do? Uh, Mariah Carey stopped a, a show in in, in um, Hawaii. Uh, BTS uh, canceled a bunch of stuff. There's there's lots and lots of these cancellations and postponements. The Ultra Music Festival, which is a big EDM thing in Miami, has been canceled. Uh, there is an Ultra Festival in Abu Dhabi, which has been canceled. Each one of these things attract hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, there is South by Southwest, which is coming up in Austin, Texas, later this month in about 10 days. Uh, there is a petition with about 50,000 names asking that it be canceled. But so far, no, it's it's going ahead. Uh, we have Coachella for two weekends in the California desert next month. And it's been very quiet about what they're doing. But Coachella is going ahead. Glastonbury, one of the biggest and most famous music festivals in the world, coming up in June. They had to make a statement saying, yes, we are going ahead and we're mm-hmm. going to take appropriate precautions. So there is a lot of uncertainty happening uh, in in everything. Um, well, you know, Italy just um, mentioned that any kind of live sporting event won't have spectators for the next month or so. Yeah, Switzerland canceled all concerts with more than a thousand people. So the it's 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 a scary sort of situation uh, where you know, and, and I'm, I'm sure we're going to hear way more cases. The numbers are going to go way up, but um, like we've been told, most of them are going to be mild, and people will have the virus without even really knowing it. it's just like hey, i had a bad cold but in the interim they become spreaders right so uh i i'm you know it, it's going to be a weird summer a very weird summer people are going to be very concerned about going out in public and when we talk about music you know do you want to be in a big crowd of people where one or two people could be sick yeah because you can't if you're in a really uh tight concert space and you're on the dance floor or whatever. You're re- very, very close to people beside you. You can't avoid people touching. Yeah, you. I wonder what uh, what dance clubs are doing these days. I wonder how that's working out. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't been to dance clubs since I no, was. No, 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 it's just, been decades. Yeah, look at me. Do I look like a dancer? <laughs> oh, you look like you, you could have some. Uh, oh yeah, I bust all moves. kinds of moves. Yeah. Yeah, Alan Cross. Come on. Uh, JournalofMusicalThings.com is the website. I would, uh, if you're interested in more on the Alma Combo, Alan's written a really comprehensive. Uh, blog about it and of course you'll probably be keeping us up to speed on what concerts are being canceled yeah i uh every day i have coronavirus updates by the way yeah there is a fantastic pop song out of vietnam that urges people to wash their hands and in any other circumstance this would be a major international pop hit right uh but if you look up right now vietnam coronavirus Public service announcement. Uh, I mean, I, it's an earworm that will go through your head for the okay. rest of the Okay, you know day. what we're going to do? We're going to get Chris to find that, and we'll do it on Creston's Cuts uh, tomorrow. So look forward to that. Thank you very much, Alan. You're Always welcome. a pleasure to talk to you in the studio live.